Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Worship at Hillhead. I'm never quite sure when the cut-off date is for wishing people a Happy New Year, but since I wasn't at church last week and it's the first time I've seen most people, Happy New Year. Um, thank you. <laughs> um, a special welcome if you're visiting with us this morning. It's lovely to have um, Laura, Dave and their family with us, and apologies if I've missed anyone. And we're also um, welcoming the Reverend Ros Lawson this morning, who's leading our worship. Um, Ros's husband Ewan and their children Daniel and Grace have also joined us, and it's great to have you all with us. Roz is assistant chaplain at Glasgow University and some of us were privileged to witness her ordination just last month at her home church of East Mains um, in East Kilbride. I think that's why she got the giggles whenever I described her as the Reverend Roz Lawson. But <laughs> um, We're so grateful um, to Roz for joining us this morning and uh, we're looking forward to hearing what she has to share with us. As well as Roz leading our worship, we will hear the voices of Brian reading scripture Jenny leading the Lord's Prayer, Jeff will lead our prayers for others, and in a moment, Bonnie will light our candle. Our musicians this morning are Paul, Ailey, and Yang Yang. In family news, um, you can see that Ken has been discharged from hospital and is continuing his recovery at home. Um, it's lovely to have Ken and Barbara with us this morning on Zoom. Um, Alan has now moved to Ward 10A at the Queen Elizabeth for rehab and we continue to hold Ken and Alan in our prayers as they recover from surgery. Um, in lovely family news, um, Rachel and Larissa got engaged recently on a trip to Disneyland Paris, no less. You can see the ring, right on cue. <laughs> um, congratulations to both of you, and we wish you every blessing in this next step in your life together. Uh, next Sunday morning, our worship will be an all-age service led by Katrina, um, if you worship with us regularly, you will have received an invitation inviting you to be part of that service. To remind you, Katrina has asked for responses to the question, why is Hillhead Baptist Church special to you? Um, you'll see in the email that there are a variety of different ways to respond, but if you could send your response to Katrina no later than Friday, that would be appreciated. Um, and finally, just a wee reminder that there are no evening reflections in January. It's time now for Bonnie to light our candle. As we gather for worship, let us join together to become the body of Christ. Christ is the light that lights our way. Maybe glimpse Christ lights this day. Thank <laughs> you. 
seated. Let's pray together. Lord God, we come to you at the end of the first week of a new year, a week of new beginnings and of memories of the year gone by, a week of the mundane and the marvellous, a week of the humdrum, the human and the holy. Father, Son, Spirit, we gather again with each other and with you. Thank you for the gift of our fellow travellers gathered here, who will walk with us on the journey of the year ahead, its days and hours. Allow us in these moments together to hear your voice afresh, to be nourished by your words of life, to encourage one another through our words, gestures and actions. May our gathering today bring glory to your name, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Father Vor, do some Ari Himmelin, Helga Vord did none, Conditrika, Shedin Vilja, Somi Himmelin, so O Poyuran, Yosidag Vord Dalia Bre, O Folatos Voshil, som vi O Folata Voshilner, O Ledas O Ike in Ifristusa, men fri oss fra det onde, för rika är ditt och makten och ären i evighet. Amen.
we listen for the word of God in these words from Isaiah. Look here. Let me present my servant. I have taken hold of him. He is my chosen, and I delight in him. I have put my spirit in her. By this she will bring justice to the nations. He will not scream or yell, crying out for all to hear. What is bruised and bent he will not break. He will not blow out the smouldering candle. Rather, he will faithfully turn his attention to doing justice. And though she faces obstacles, resistance and great pressure, she will not crack. She will not give up until things are set right. Even the coastlands wait patiently for her instruction. God, the Eternal One, who made the starry skies stretch them tight above and around, who cast the shimmering globe of earth and filled it with life, who gives breath and animates the people, who walks and talks with life-giving spirit, has this to say. I am the Eternal One. By righteousness I have called you. I will take you by the hand and keep you safe. You are given as a covenant between me and the people, a light for the nations, a shining beacon to the world. You will open blind eyes so they will see again. You will lead prisoners, blinking out from caverns of captivity, from cells pitch black with despair. I am the Eternal One. I am is my name. My beauty is unique, a weighty splendour all my own, and nothing else. No idols could possibly gain my praise. Look here, what's done is done and gone. The now is new, and there is hope in the not yet. I will tell you what is to come, even before the events are brand new. For the word of God through scripture, for the word of God amongst us, for the word of God within us, Thanks be to God.
Well, good morning, folks. Um, it's just a joy to be here. Uh, thanks for your nice introduction, Holly. Yes, I was totally giggling at being called Rev Roz, as people have been calling me for the last few years. Um, so as Holly said, I come from East Mains Baptist Church in East Kilbride, so I'll bring their greetings this morning. And although I've been working in chaplaincy ministry for a year and a half, um, which was part of a college placement from the Scottish Baptist College, um, I was appointed as the assistant chaplain um, in September and ordained in December. So it's all new. Don't expect me to know anything yet. <laughs> um, and it would be quite remiss of me not to mention that, that it was your wonderful church secretary and my dear friend, Anne Muir, who invited me to come today. Uh, she asked me last July, I was looking back in the emails, and uh, you guys mean, meant a whole lot to her. Um, so I know that she meant a lot to you. Um, so it's, it's a very strange thing to come. I didn't anticipate that she wouldn't be here when I, when I did come. It's lovely to be amongst so many friends this morning and not a little intimidating to have three of my college lecturers online, I think. <laughs> they're, they're hiding, but they are there. Um, so if I get anything wrong, it's not their fault, it's my fault. They told me as best they could. He had no idea how long he'd been there sitting on that flea-ridden mattress. He'd worked out a way of sitting that expended the least amount of energy. Knees drawn up, feet flat on the floor, elbows on knees, head in hands. Two paces to the dirty toilet, two paces to the door for when the tray of monotonous food was shoved through twice a day. It was dark and it was hot. He occasionally swatted a fly if he had the strength in his bones, which wasn't often. His thoughts meandered, but not to happier times. No, that would, been, would have been unbearable. He's conscious only of his heart beating time, time slipping away with each day in here. Suddenly the door opens. He keeps his head down as he awaits the tray of food to be slid through. But no, the door is opened wider than usual. Is there a beating to come instead? Daylight enters through the open door. The prisoner shields his eyes from the brightness and the smell of fresh air. How wonderful, how beautiful. He daren't make a sound, daren't breathe in the freshness too obviously. After an age seems to have passed, he peeks between his fingers, his head cocked, and he sees that there's another man standing there, looking down at him. A guard? He's never seen this man before. A gruff voice says, you can go now. The prisoner hesitates, unsure. Is this some kind of test or a sick joke? Sensing his hesitation, the man's voice softens. 
It's okay. It's your turn. You're free. My kids recently asked me if I had ever been in prison, to which I responded, of course. And when their eyes widened like saucers, I allayed their fears by adding, as a visitor. So it's for a number of reasons this morning that of all the lectionary readings that we had available today, I was drawn to this passage, which Brian read so beautifully, from Isaiah 42, verses 1 to 9. And the main reason for choosing it is that many moons ago, I worked for Prison Fellowship Ministries when I lived in the United States. And Prison Fellowship, if you don't know, it's a Christian ministry that um, advocates for restorative justice measures and it visits prisoners. Um, it brings Christ into darkest of places. And in fact, and here is my not so humble, humble brag, I was their volunteer of the year in 1999, which wasn't yesterday. And verse 3 of Isaiah 42 was much loved by prison fellowship, in fact. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. And the logo back then, it's not anymore, I looked on the website, the logo was a bruised reed bent over to one side but not broken. And between that and my dissertation topic last year at the Scottish Baptist College, which Lena, who is there, she is there, <laughs> Lena supervised, um, that was all about the captivity by or of Brian Keenan and John McCarthy back in the 1980s in Beirut in Lebanon. So I guess I've spent a fair amount of time thinking about prisons, captivity, and freedom. Perhaps Isaiah did as well, given the centrality of the prison image in this key text about a servant who will be a light to the nations. Now, the book of Isaiah can be a bit complicated, and you'll be glad to know that I'm not going to try and unpick all the complications this morning. Basically, chapters 1 to 39 are about a number of things. They're about judgment on Israel for their rebellion. The juxtaposition of old versus new Jerusalem, with new Jerusalem being a place of justice and peace for all nations. And it's about the problems of empire. Because as anyone who's seen the musical Hamilton will tell you, oceans rise, empires fall. After Assyria's empire has fallen, guess what? Israel will be taken over by another one, by Babylon. Its brightest and best will be cruelly exiled. But now Babylon is heading for a fall too. So there are understandable questions by the nation of Israel about what God is playing at whether he has any power at all over these marauding armies, whether God is really listening to their cries, whether God cares at all. And these are the questions that the middle bit of Isaiah expresses. And the middle bit is a whole lot easier to pronounce than Deutero-Isaiah. And in this chapter 42, 
God himself seems to be responding to the trial that he's invited the people to put him under in the previous chapter. Set forth your case, he says in chapter 41. Bring your proofs, which is in itself an interesting thing for God to let his people do. He seems to be saying here that he has a plan. He's raised someone else who will defeat Babylon, one from the north. So could this passage be about Cyrus of Persia, who will ultimately overthrow the Babylonian Empire and return the exiles to Zion? For a number of reasons, I think not. Not least because it would take a fair stretch to imagine that a new marauding king will somehow be a quiet marauder, not lifting up his voice or her voice in the street. So who is this servant who will faithfully bring forth justice? It's very easy for us as followers of Jesus to see Jesus in every Old Testament passage. And of course, the New Testament writers reinforce this. Three of the four gospel writers implicitly draw a parallel with Isaiah 42 when they write at Jesus' baptism that God's voice declares him his son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased, which sounds very similar to here is my servant whom I uphold. And as Brian said, he's my chosen and I delight in him. But there's another possible identity of the servant. And the wonderful thing about scripture is that we can hold two meanings together simultaneously, can't we? The other possibility is that it's Israel itself who is the servant, which is also hinted at in verse 8 of the previous chapter. It's Israel who's to establish justice, be a light to the nations. Israel that's being upheld by God. Israel that will open blind eyes and release prisoners from dark dungeons. There is hope and a purpose for exiled Israel, even after God has judged it and found it lacking. But in some ways, this isn't really relevant to us, is it? We don't live in an exiled land we're not stuck without our compatriots. We live in the freedom of a Western culture, which we couldn't claim was an oppressive regime. We can and do write and think and express more or less whatever we like without fear of retribution. Of course, there are aspects of our society which could be more just but Martin Luther King said that the arc of history is long and bends towards justice, doesn't it? We don't have a particular need of a servant who can provide that for us. Well, as much as I love Martin Luther King, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that on this occasion, I think he may have been wrong. Consider these facts. Between 2016 and 2020, 10% of the Scottish population were living in what we call persistent poverty. Last month, 
the Trussell Trust in Scotland reported a 34% increase in emergency food parcel distrib distributions from their food banks compared with the previous year. 34% increase. In Scotland, higher risk drinking causes 686 hospital admissions and 22 deaths per week. In the UK, the prison population has doubled across Scotland since 1990 and quadrupled in England and Wales since 1990. And across the UK, just under 90,000 people are in prison. And before anyone gets smug, not that you would, that you're not living in poverty or problem drinkers or offenders, you should note that smartphone users unlock their phones an average of 150 times per day. And 50% of smartphone users never switch their phones off at all. We're always on, slaves to the tyrant in our pocket. And just to depress you further, in my own experience as a university chaplain, I can see that anecdotally, cripplingly high parental expectation and pressure, the experience of trauma and abuse, overwork, imposter syndrome, addictions and perfectionism are just some of the aspects of trapped lives that our students and staff can find themselves in, often through no fault of their own. So we do seem to have created prisons for ourselves, even without being in exile. No wonder the 18th century philosopher Rousseau concluded that man is born free, but everywhere is in chains. We find ourselves sitting in the dark, like the prisoner I described. We do need a liberator. We do need to be given freedom. How will we get it? Who will tell us it's our turn to be free? There's a subtle reminder here that God is the author of everything. And there's a lovely image of God stretching out the heavens like a mountaineer laying out an ordnance survey map. It's God who's created a covenant with his people in the first place. Nobody else, nobody else can liberate. As Eugene Peterson's paraphrase, the message beautifully puts it, I am God, that's my name, I don't franchise my glory. And since God is in charge, God gets to specify the methodology for liberation. And it's a weird one. Liberation will be done quietly, persistently. Russia imagines that it is liberating Ukraine right now. Although actually I'm not sure that Russia even thinks it's doing that. It is noisily bombing and shelling. It is drowning out dissent at home it is loudly brandishing nuclear weaponry at the West, calling our bluff. It is attempting to crush the will of the Ukrainian people. 
It makes its own people captive to this so-called liberation, sending in expendable young men to fight. But this is not how God does liberation. God tends to use weakness. We've just been focusing on Christmas, haven't we, of a young woman, Mary, who says yes to God and who rejoices that God has brought down the powerful and lifted up the lowly. This incarnation gave us a son who allowed himself to be broken. Back here in Isaiah, God is saying that justice is on the other side of the coin marked liberation. That God will not break those who are already struggling because God's purposes will not be thwarted. God wants to free us. I wonder how you're feeling about 2023 here at Hillhead. Perhaps you're looking forward expectantly to a particular event happening this year. Or perhaps you're dreading facing this year for one reason or another. I wonder if freedom and justice sound energising to you or just exhausting. For there is a deep courage needed to stand up and walk out of prison. And I remain convinced that all the people that I saw who were engaged in that revolving door in and out of prison back in within a couple of years, I think part of it was simply knowing the setup, getting at least two square meals a day. It's dark, but it's familiar. You know where you're at in prison. You know the system. Perhaps we might feel a little bit concerned about this adventure with God. And I know that that's what held me back from ministry for years and years. It's unpredictable. If we take the freedom offered to us, then what? What will God have us do if we surrender? How can we possibly be the ones to free everyone else? Is there hope for Hillhead? for the West End of Glasgow, for the city of Glasgow, for the university just round the corner. But there's another image in this text that's as striking to me as the one of the prisoner going free. And it's practically leapt off the page whenever I've been reading it to prepare for coming here. And though it's not quite written like this. Let me render it this way. Picture an action hero, or an action movie rather. The bronzed hero who's always battered and bruised and bloodied by the end of the movie is in a rooftop, a rooftop tussle with the bad guy. There's always a rooftop tussle with the bad guy. Watching at one side is the hero's sidekick, a young boy of no more than 10. Our hero has been grabbed in a suffocating headlock by the bad guy and they stagger around together with the hero gasping for breath. 
The young boy throws worthless punches at his hero's assailant. And finally, the kid jabs the bad guy in the eye and he recoils in pain, but manages to shove the boy so that we see him teeter, then fall off the edge of the roof. And the next shot we see is from the point of view of the hero, who with one muscular arm has caught the boy, his strong hand around his skinny wrist. The space yawns out below them, traffic moving impossibly far below, pedestrians oblivious to the drama happening overhead. The boy's legs are kicking, his eyes are wild-eyed with terror. But the hero says, I've got you, I've got you, and lifts him back up easily to safety and to a tight embrace. Now, I'm not suggesting that God or Jesus is an action hero. But I am saying that when God says, I have taken you by the hand and kept you, that he's got you. He's going to free you. He's going to set your feet on a rock. He won't break you. He won't snuff you out. You won't fall. How about in 2023, we forget resolutions? How about we just allow God to free us from prison and refuse to go back? How about you good folk of Hill Head figure out what makes you come alive and engage in those liberating rhythms together? Bask in the sunshine of God's freedom. Breathe in the fresh air of his justice. The creator God has taken you by the hand and will keep you safe. You're free. God's got you, all of you, and he won't let go.
we come together in our prayers for others and our prayers for each other. Let us pray. God of new beginnings, we bring to you this morning those from whom a new year brings only old pains, those for whom the new year brings only new fears, when the air raid sirens start to wail, warning of fresh attacks from the skies, and when they hurry to the shelters, we pray that you will take them by the hand, you will be there with them, bring in new hope for healing. Those for whom the new year brings only the same old streets to sleep on, the cold pavements their only place of comfort. We pray that you will take them by the hand, where you will lie there with them, and through you find new hope for healing. Those for whom the new year brings only new anxieties, anxieties over where the next meal will come from, anxieties over how to keep warm, and anxieties because everyday life leads to anxiety, worry and depression. Anxieties over the nagging new symptoms that will not go away. The appointment for yet another scan in the near future. The biopsy results that are awaited. We pray that you will take them by the hand. You will be there walking beside them and bring new hope for healing. God of new beginnings, we bring to you this morning those whom a new year, a new beginning, brings only old sadness, grieving for those we have loved and lost. And when the fear of loneliness is looming, we remember that you are at our side, beside us and with us, taking us by the hand and bringing new hope for healing. God of new beginnings, we bring to you this morning those who are searching for a new beginning, yearning for the healing that only you can give. And we remember that you have redeemed them and you have redeemed us. And so we bring to you this morning our brothers and sisters in BMS World Mission, bringing new hope across the globe. We bring to you our brothers and sisters in the Baptist Union of Scotland churches, and those from other denominations with whom we share our faith journeys. We pray that you will take us by the hand and walk beside us in our journeys. And from our own church prayer diary, we bring to you our tech team, Yang Yang, Edith and Tom, Bethany, Emma, Drew and Cillian, Jane S, Wendy, Steve C, Neil, Anita and Bonnie, Dr. Beth, Mary, Janet and Roger, and all of our congregation, for you have redeemed us, liberated us, called us by our names, and called us your friends, through the redeeming sacrifice of the word which became flesh, and lives among us every day. Amen.
may the peace of the Lord Christ go with you, wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into these doors. Amen.